You're listening to the Just Means Less ACC podcast with your host, Micah from Fifth Quarter. And I got Nick joining us again. Nick, we have previewed two ACC teams already over the last two days. We've talked Boston College. We've talked Clemson. Now let's talk the basement. We're talking Duke. I almost said basketball. That would have been really bad. We're talking Duke football. Uh, We talked about it on our preview pod uh, for the whole year about what's next for Coach Cutcliffe. This is a Duke team that, in a sense, like, I'm not going to lie, I really, really, like, if I if I lived near Durham, I might honestly buy Duke football season tickets, A, because they're super cheap, but two, I really like their home schedule. You get a town FCS opponent who's honestly maybe the best team in Durham <laughs> with North Carolina A, A&T and I know when those uh, when those two played a few years. Actually, it's NC Central that's in Durham, and North Carolina A&T is not in Durham. A and T's in Greensboro. That's right. That's in Greensboro. Yeah. There's I can't keep track, so I apologize to all those. I was just saying because I saw NC Central play Duke, and that was the Crosstown a few years ago. But still, get rid of the Crosstown, but still bring in the you know just a complete change of cultures, and you know again a very solid FCS team. You've got Northwestern in Kansas. I mean, Northwestern Duke just sounds like an incredible, like you have to wear a suit and tie and there's going to be brunch start before kickoff kind of thing. But again, give me Coach Cutcliffe and Coach uh, Coach Fitzgerald over at Northwestern. Give me a Kansas-Duke matchup. I wish that was in basketball, but honestly, it's kind of a fun football matchup because it's, uh, well, really shitty Power 5 football. So fun schedule. Again, Georgia Tech at home. Pitt at home, Louisville at home, Miami at home. I mean, last time Duke, I mean, not the last time, but last time Duke hosted Miami, they did win that game. And then, of course, a couple of years ago was the uh, weird lateral. I guess that was three home games ago now for Duke. I mean, Duke is an interesting thing because, and this pisses a lot of App State fans off, you know, we're North Carolinians at heart, and you're obviously still there with you being in Winston. You're not too far from Boone. For some odd reason, App State fans think they're getting this great quarterback in Chase Bryce, and I think that, honestly, Duke's in better hands with Gunnar Holberg at quarterback this year than they were with Chase Bryce last year. I think wow. Bryce was just an overrated quarterback. I mean, again, what he did for Clemson to help them win that Syracuse game, credit to you. But look who we had on his team. I mean – Again, I'm not saying that 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 makes Chase Bryce the worst quarterback at all of all time, but Chase Bryce is not a power five quarterback. He's just not. I'm sorry. I don't think Chase Bryce starts at Kansas if he transferred to Kansas. That's how my opinion of Chase Bryce is. I think that you know this is not a Sun Belt preview podcast by any means, but App State fans who think they're taking a step forward this year with Chase Bryce when you've got Grayson McCall and Coastal in front of you, ha, that's funny to me. So I think that Duke, in terms of the quarterback room, by no means is in like great shape. But again, I would argue that Gunnar Holberg, Holmberg, Holmberg, excuse me, with some development of Coach Cutcliffe, I think that he can be half decent. I think he can be the same as what Harris was a few years ago for him. Where again, he's not by any means gonna go out there and you know shock the world. I don't see him going to North Carolina and winning the back, but I could see them going in and you know again taking down a pit taking down a Georgia Tech at home. You know, I think that they should get Kansas at home. I think they should win on the road at Charlotte, which is sad to think that we have to even talk about that. But I've seen people predicting that to be an upset with Charlotte winning. So, 
you know, I think that again, this Duke team is item at four and eight. Again, that's not drastic improvement, but better than two and nine. I think this team's taking a step forward. And I think it, I think there's room for that conversation where maybe it's time for Coach Cutcliffe to step into more of an operational role within the athletic department. But I don't think that this Duke team is going to get any worse than they were last year. And that's I, I'm willing to bet my house on that one, but I don't think they're I don't think they're a two and ten football team. Well, I think we're going to both to see. We agreed a lot on Boston College and Clemson, but I think we're going to disagree with you a lot on Duke. Um, look, I, I, I could see Duke getting one win this year. And that's one win is probably, it, it could very well be Kansas because I think Kansas is dealing with a lot of off the field drama. Yeah. They got rid of less miles, but you know, stuff still carries on, you know, um, even though they beat Charlotte to hell last year. Charlotte made a bull game and Charlotte uh, is improving with recruiting and everything. And NCANT, come on. That's like one of the best FCS programs. They won the HBCU like championship in 2018. Like they were national champions. NCANT is a great, great program. And then Northwestern, I mean, with a defense like Northwestern, I don't think they're going to be anything special, but you bring a big 10 boring ass team with a great defense. They're going to, stop your offense probably um i actually really like chase price and i think yeah look who he had around clemson but look who he had around duke and i think it speaks more to david cuckliffe uh him not taking advantage of you know how good he could have been and maybe stepping up and making look making other guys look really good at duke i mean yeah clemson and duke is a big step up but I mean, they're still division one athletes. They're still in the same conference as well. Uh, I think the hype for Chase Bryce going to uh, App State is, I think it might be for real. I think Chase Bryce is going to be a good quarterback. And I think, I don't know, this, uh, what what's his name? Hol- Holmberg, Holmberg, yeah, Gunnar Holmberg. I mean, he's got to step up. And this is going to be a testament also to David Clough. I think if you end up four and eight and you get that win against Charlotte, NCANT, Kansas, and pull off a conference win, maybe against Virginia or Georgia Tech, and you see maybe some glimpses of great greatness throughout the rest of the schedule, maybe against Wake, Carolina, Louisville, Virginia Tech, you see some glimpses of greatness, maybe then you're taking a step forward. But honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if this team gets one win. Um, the only thing that they had good going for them, I believe, is their linebacker, uh, Shaka Hayward. He's been their starter for two years. He's been very consistent, very good. I think if they can build a pretty good defense around them, Duke's defense could be a little issue to some of these lower schools that they're going to match up with. Uh, but other than that, Duke right now, the, the program – is just let just is they need to do something with Cutcliffe. I think they need to not just fire him, but I think they need to like do what you said, make him part of the staff, not really fire him. But I mean, the days of Ole Miss and developing Peyton Manning and Eli Manning, I think those days are kind of gone out in the rear rear view. Um, 
Yeah, I would be surprised if they get four wins. Okay, maybe we see something towards the future. But right now, I could see them one, maybe two wins this year. And that's fair. Um, I will argue, I don't think Chase, sorry, I don't think the receivers had anything to do with Chase Bryce throwing 15 interceptions. So we'll just put that part out there. Um, Never seen a a worse performance at quarterback than watching Chase Bryce in some of these games. I mean, that Boston College game, I remember I dialed in to that one. That was their second game because when they opened the season in Notre Dame, you know, obviously they played that game really, really close with Duke. Duke really close. And I was like, wow, like this should be really, really fun to watch and see how they how they do against Boston College. I remember on the podcast, I predicted Duke to win by I think two touchdowns. And I'm pretty sure I was pretty high on Duke. And next thing you know, they're getting run out run off the field at home. Granted, no fans at all, but still ran off the field. It's not like Duke has this insane home field advantage to begin with. So again, I I really like not okay, really likes the strong word. I am I'm confident in their receivers, Jake Bobo and Jalen Calhoun. I think they're good pieces. I think when it comes to Duke, and this is not necessarily, I did say, again, Chase Price, I think he's not a power five quarterback, but I will give him some slack in terms of, you know, he never got a chance to truly get immersed in the system. I mean, he transfers, COVID shuts everything down. He never got a chance to really learn, learn the system. Hunter Holberg has, and that's what Duke is known for, is a, is a, a quarterback that fits the system. And I think that Holmberg has this, maybe not the same arm ability and strength of Chase Bryce, but I think when it comes to his decision, knowing the plays and knowing his receivers, he's in a lot better shape. And again, you're right, Norris is a great defense, but you're playing Kansas, you're playing Charlotte. I mean, those are two games you should win. I would argue you have the better players. Mateo Durant is a pretty solid running back piece for Duke as well. You know, this is a team that I'm not, again, super high on by any means, but I don't think they're this pushover 1-11 team in the conference like everyone writes them off to be. And, again, I, born for the fact just the conference record doesn't play out well for them in my favor. I mean, I have them going and beating Georgia Tech this year. And, you know, again, that's a testament to just, again, I don't think they're going to – I only have them winning one conference game. So as long as I see them coming out here being world beaters. But I could see them catching Louisville on a Thursday night. I could see them, you know, catching Virginia potentially in Charlottesville, Virginia sleepwalking, you know, maybe even catching Wake Forest off a bite in, in Winston-Salem. I mean, it's, it's possible. I'm not predicting that, but I, again, I don't think this team is by any means a pushover. You mentioned the defense. The defense last year did struggle, but I do, like you said, Shaka Hayward is a fantastic piece. I think they're going to be a very middle of the run kind of defense. Again, they gotta they gotta limit a lot of just the the bigger plays. Their their biggest issue last year was they were terrible against the run, and this year in the ACC, I would argue that that's not the worst thing, especially on the coastal side, to really deal with. Virginia Tech's not as good, at least not going to be as good as they were last year running the football, losing both Herbert and Blackshear. You know, again, Louisville doesn't have the same doesn't have Javion Hawkins anymore on their you know, Miami's got De'Aaron King, but it's not like they're loaded in the in the backfield. North Carolina lost their workhorse backs. Again, they're not in terrible shape, but last year what they were facing when giving up the run is a lot, lot better than what they're going to be facing this year. Charlotte's not knowing running for football, running the football. Northwestern is a ground and pound team, but they're not explosive, you know, let's put up 40 points type offense. Kansas, well, Kansas, I would have been concerned about that Kansas game a little bit more. 
based off what happened last year when they had Puka Williams, but now he's gone. So this is a team, again, they're, they're facing their, their, their biggest weakness last year, I think is going to improve, but also defensively as well. They're not facing the same type of offenses they faced last season. And I think that's going to play a little bit again of just that beneficial and chance to improve. And, you know, and pretty much a lot of pretty much every team in the ACC, it feels like is returning eight starters or more on each side of the ball. Duke is not. They're returning six and six. And I would almost argue that's a good thing for Duke. That new faces, it's guys that have been in the system but didn't get, get to see the field as much last year or some couple transfers. So again, are they going to be world beaters? Absolutely not. This is a Duke team that I think this is not the 2018 Duke team that went and lost or went and won, excuse me, the Independence Bowl against Temple. Or went to the Quick Lane Bowl in 2017, the Pinstripe Bowl in 2015. We're not looking at that type of Duke team. But again, like they were five and seven in 2019. I could see them, if things break the right way for them, kind of being in that same spot where you start the season off hot. I mean, I still remember, you know, they got rolled in Alabama against Alabama in 2019, took care of business against AT and Middle and on the road at Middle Tennessee State. And then they go on prime time on a Friday night and just roll Virginia Tech and Blacksburg. Again, did the season continue to peak for them? No, they won two more games the rest of the season. But I could I could make the argument again that they could start the season three and one, arguably even four and two with that Georgia Tech game. And that's my four wins right there. I don't again the back half of the schedule. I think they can maybe catch one, but the front half is is good enough to where I'll give them a shot at four and eight. But you know, again, that's there's not too much to deep dive with Duke because really it's just a matter of will they take a step forward? I think so. You kind of sounds like you're not that they're going to be again, you know, zero and 12, but it sounds like to you they're either taking a step back or staying neutral uh, throughout all of this. Yeah. I mean, four and eight is definitely possible. And it's possible because of the start of the schedule. It's just that what you saw last year and they really, I mean, besides Shaka Hayward, they don't really return a whole lot of big names. Uh, and the rest of the schedule, we talk about the flip coin of the Atlantic teams like Wake Forest and Louisville who are in their schedule. I don't know if Duke can keep up with them. And I don't think they will beat Miami. I don't think they'll be anywhere near close to them. Four and eight isn't impossible. And I think that is actually a success, especially from what we saw last year. I mean, finishing two and nine and, you know, you did get a conference win, which is always a success. You always want to get a conference win, but I mean, that was to the worst team in the ACC, but four and eight, again, it's not impossible. I just think you might catch Duke at a bad time uh, sleepwalking in the first part of the schedule these aren't the easiest teams to play i mean again charlotte yeah they put a beat down on them but charlotte is taking steps forward as a very 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 young program a and i mean they rock the fcs uh world and then kansas i feel the most confident of them playing kansas because a they got to travel and b you know the again the whole things going around in the offseason um, yeah, if they can get four wins, that's good. I think they head in the right direction, but right now they have to, I think personally, they got to show it to me. It, I, I can only see maybe, maybe two wins this season with Duke. That's why it's always good to have differentiating opinions. Like you said, the first two, 
podcast we've recorded so far on these team previews, Boston College and Clemson, we've been kind of on the same page, and it's going to be fun to see who's right, because I will tell you right now, if we're, if we're rolling into that Kansas game and, and Duke's one and two, then I'm definitely screwed. They're not getting four <laughs> two. That means they either lost to Charlotte or North Carolina A&T. And I would argue that if you lost to one of those teams, you might lose to Kansas. Again, I'm I'm not high on Kansas in terms of like Kansas is going to make a bowl game or even really win four or five games. But I love Lance Leipold. I think that Kansas in terms of talent was actually trending in the right direction before, you know, Les Miles is kind of crap hit in terms of, again, I saw, I watched a lot of Kansas football last year with me living in the Midwest now. Actually, was a seat taker for Kansas. I went to a couple of games. You know, they weren't very good, but you could see some potential with a lot of young guys. And a lot of the really good young guys stuck around. And I mean, I know it's Buffalo, so it's a MAC team. We're talking about a top twenty-five MAC team. Some of those key pieces from Buffalo are currently at Kansas, so it's not like Kansas is just going to be some absolutely terrible zero and twelve for sure confirmed team. I'm glad this game's in Durham, though I wish it actually was in Lawrence, so I had a reason to go over to watch it. But, yeah, this is a Duke team. I think step forward should be coming, but we'll have to see. But that kind of wraps up Duke. Uh, Our next podcast we'll be releasing, we'll be previewing Florida State, which I think is going to be one of the more fun teams to talk about. Uh, With that being said, we appreciate everybody listening. It means just a little bit less. And as always, go ACC.